coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. The big 8.0 software update is out, and among the many improvements, a dog-friendly climate mode. Plus, Tesla sues Michigan for the right to sell direct to consumers, the Model S gets hacked, and more. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors Podcast, episode number 60 for September 25th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks, as always, for joining me. Uh, I wanted to start the show, actually, by thanking everybody, uh, including what had to be a number of new listeners, new folks from last week. I noticed last week that uh, I had my biggest single day of downloads ever in the, you know, now 60 episodes I've been doing this. So, Thank you all so much, and if you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoyed last week, and I hope you stick around for a while. It's a week-by-week week week look at everything Tesla is up to and Elon Musk is up to, so uh, buckle up. Here we go. So uh, I wanted to start, actually, by mentioning my wife's super thoughtful birthday gift that's relevant to this audience, because my wife knows, like, I, I'm really not, you know, some people are really into clothes. They like, you know, the nice new shirt or whatever the, you know, the new sort of fashion thing is. Some people like, you know, they go, they like to go to the bar every week, whatever, whatever your thing is. I don't really have a thing that costs money. Uh, I like to just be out and walk my dog. And really it's just kind of me and Maggie and whatever I'm up to with the family. For me, cars have always been that one thing, that one thing that I want to spend money on and that matters to me and that I'm passionate about. And it's important to me course, you know, having the DeLorean for so long and, and now, you know, striving for the Tesla. So, uh, you know, my wife has never knows what to get me for my birthday because I really don't, you know, there are things that are nice. I'm lucky I get video games through IGN and, um, you know, it's, it's, so she's, she kind of racks her brain sometimes, but this year, uh, she just really came up with a, an extremely thoughtful gift because I've been talking a lot with her about, not a lot, but every now and again, I mention, that, oh, you know, when we get our Model 3, I can't wait for us to just take drives uh, every weekend. I mean, the Bay Area is such a beautiful place. You know, there's there's Napa, the wine country up north. There's the coast, just, you know, a stone's throw to the west. You've got, uh, you know, all, all kinds of... There's Santa Cruz to the south and, and some cool, like, farmland, hilly, skyline drive stuff. You know, there's a lot around and a lot of fun areas to drive to that I really just don't do now because... Uh, mostly just because, you know, it's, it's, I, I have my goal in sight with the, with the Tesla. I mean, you know, the, 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 the infinity, which actually I'm recording from today because, uh, got a friend of mine in town from Arizona who's, who's in my office where I normally record on the, on the pullout couch. So down in my infinity recording today, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, this car is my commuter car. I mean, I, I like it, you know, it's still, but it, it's, it's, it, it never, of course, never meant to me what the DeLorean meant to me and what the Tesla will mean to me. It's, uh, it's, it's a car that I'm at this point just trying to keep the mileage down to keep, you know, from having to do new tires, having more wear and tear things go wrong. And, you know, just trying to keep it in as good a shape as I can to maximize its resale value for Model 3. And then, you know, with Model 3, that's when it's this dream car that I've been, you know, just just dreaming about for years. And the, the cost of operating the car is, is so low with, of course, the uh, electricity instead of gas and the fewer moving parts. It's, you know, that's I'm so excited to just drive, just take take weekends and just drive the Tesla when I get it. So long story short, I'm, I'm rambling here. The. Uh, the birthday gift from my wife was just so sweet. She actually went on one of those car sharing websites and rented me, rented us a Model S for uh, for a half day, for four hours, and just just wrote me a beautiful card that said, "Let's go for a drive anywhere you want to go." And I just I I was so moved by that. It was such a such a beautiful thing. So I I so appreciated that. So I think we're gonna do that in a couple weeks from now. We've got some other other weekend plans, uh, you know, keeping us busy in the meantime, but. Uh, I, that, that'll be fun. I'll get to just sort of live 
the Tesla dream for, for an afternoon, you know, just to, just to take it out. And maybe it's a, it's a sneak preview of what life will hopefully be like with Model 3. Uh, elsewhere uh, this, this week uh, that I just want to mention before getting to the, the hardcore Tesla news, I had to renew my driver's license this week. So I had made an appointment at the DMV, which if your local DMV has uh, the ability for you to get appointments, take advantage of it. The line was probably two hours long. I got there super early. So I just started by, I was like, I'll just wait in the line until, you know, either we'll see if this moves faster or if my appointment time comes up, get an appointment if you can. So, but just as I'm standing out there waiting uh, for the place to open and for my appointment time to come up, I saw at first I, I was parked. I pulled my car in and right across, like catty corner from me, like one one car over, one uh, one car in front of me, into the side, there was a beautiful signature red Model X sitting right there. So that was cool. Uh, and then, literally two minutes later, I'm standing in the line, you know, outside the DMV, and out of the parking lot, like going out of the parking lot, rolls a blue Model X. So it's like, go figure, two X sightings in the span of literally like two minutes at the DMV of all places. So I thought that was that was a fun little mini story I thought I'd share. And finally, this is I mean it's it's sort of Tesla news. It's it's something I doubt you'll hear reported anywhere else because of uh my the unique crossover of this story. You know, of course, uh, many of you know I I by day I work for IGN, which is a uh, the world's biggest video game website. And so and I play a lot of video games that that is my job, that is my career. I cover them, I write about them, I talk about them. And uh, there are, of course, Teslas in a number of racing video games, including the brand new. This game is out on Tuesday. Uh, we've had it. I've had it for a little while for uh, for review. Forza Horizon Three. Now, you've, you may have, if you're a longtime listener to this podcast, you've heard me mention it before because Horizon Two actually had a uh, Model S in it as a downloadable car. You had to pay extra to get it. Well, for Forza Horizon Three. The Model S is built in. Uh, the game, by the way, it's an open-world driving game. And it's just... I mean, it, the Cliff's Notes version, I would say for you, is think of it less as a racing game and more of a driving game. It's a, it's a giant open world. It's a fictionalized representation of Australia this time. Just a huge map you can drive around. There are events, varying events everywhere you can do. Um, you can... Uh, your friend, you can hook up with your friends online and all all drive together and do the races together. It's it's an it's easily and this is no no joke. This is the best car game I've played in the last probably five years. It is it is very approachable. It's not super hardcore simulationy, which the other Forza series, Forza Motorsport, is. And there hasn't been a Tesla in that series as of yet. Uh, actually, I should scratch that. There was a Roadster in Forza 4, but the, the S and X have not appeared in Motorsport. But Motorsport is a, is a serious track racing game. But Horizon, the other side of the Forza series, Forza Horizon is this just fun, light, open-world driving game, and it's a blast. I mean, if you if you have any interest in video games at all, and you obviously have interest in cars and Teslas if you're listening to this podcast, I cannot urge you enough to pick up Forza Horizon 3. It's on Xbox One and PC. In fact, if you buy one, uh, you get both. You'll, you'll, it's just you buy it and you get it for either. You know, you can use it on PC and on Xbox One. But uh, it's just a phenomenal game, and the S is in there. But I wanted to critique the S in it a little bit because I have to I have to call out. Probably none of them are going to hear this, and I would actually tell this to them anyway. But uh, they cheated a little bit. They they uh, they. Uh, I guarantee I'm probably I'm probably the only one who will ever play Forza Horizon Three that will notice this and that will get get picky about this. But so the the Model S that's in Horizon Three is labeled as a 2016 Model S P90D with Ludicrous. But get this, the car, it's the, uh, it's the pre-front-end refresh, so it's the old nose, which, okay, I can let that go, I guess, because there are P90Ds that, don't ha- you know, that are on the, uh, the old nose. But it's the old nose, it is, and then it is the, it's the uh, old UI. If you go into cockpit mode and race from you know, the driver's perspective, it's the, uh, it's the old instrument cluster UI, not, not forget about 8.0. It's not even 7.0. 
and it's just the original suite of Model S colors from 2012, meaning signature red, not multi-coat red, the old dark blue, uh, brown is in there. So it's, it's all the old colors. So I think what they did, what the developer Playground Games, who are absolute wizards, by the way, these guys, for the, for the, the incredibly anal critique I'm about to give them about the Model S, this game, again, is just unbelievable. It's stunning to look at. It's so much fun to play. It's so approachable. It is, it is phenomenal. Uh, and I actually know those guys pretty well. I, I've been out to their studio in the UK, which uh, for my UK listeners is in Royal Leamington Spa, which is, uh, I found out it's like an hour and a half outside of London. But uh, anyway, uh, shout out to pl- anybody f- from r- to Ralph uh, Fulton, the c- design director there, and anybody else from Playground Games who may possibly be listening to this. I doubt it. But, but yeah, they kind of cheated a little bit, I think, on the Model S. They, they label it the P90D Ludicrous, but it's really, I, I think what they did was they took the exact same Model S that they put in Forza Horizon 2 from two years ago, and they just updated the rating, like the, you know, because each car is rated, has it has a 1 to 10 rating for, you know, launch, accelerate, or, you know, launch, handling, braking, um, I forget what the other, the other class, the other categories are. So I think they just updated the, the launch rating, you know, for, for a ludicrous mode car, and, and then they just, they just changed it to 2016 and P90D instead of P85 and called it a day. So, guys, if anybody from Playground is listening, next time, because you're, you know, they're, they're, they do a, uh, their game is every, every other year. Next time, no excuses, guys. You got to get the a new Model S in there with the new, the new nose, the new UI, and, uh, you know, some, some updated paint colors. But um, can't say enough about Forza Horizon 3 and how good that game is. All right. Let's move to the proper news this week, starting with the hacking of a Model S. This, uh, the car was hacked by Keen Security Lab. From, uh, they're from Tencent, a Chinese technology conglomerate. They went ahead and hacked the car. Uh, they were able to get into it and uh, mess with the brakes. And uh, they were able to do that from, I believe it was 12 miles away. However... There was a very specific set of circumstances that uh, that were that they needed to pull this off. But uh, in the blog, so the video, there's a video on YouTube that's showing it off. But uh, I didn't want to play you any of the clips, the audio clips from it, only because uh, everyone speaking in the in the video is is uh, is Chinese and it's Chinese language, so you can't see subtitles here on the podcast. Um, but in the blog post on the uh, Keen Lab website, they wrote, as far as we know, this is the first case of remote attack, which compromises uh, CAN bus to achieve remote controls on Tesla cars. We have verified the attack vector on multiple varieties of Tesla Model S. It is reasonable to assume that other Tesla models are affected. Now, again, they reported their hacked their findings to Tesla before they put out the video. So they did it. They let Tesla know, they gave them all the data, and then they went ahead and put up a video about it. In fact, by the time they had put up the video, Tesla had already patched out the vulnerability. Here's Tesla's official response. Within just 10 days of receiving this report, Tesla has already deployed an over-the-air software update that addresses the potential security issues. The issue demonstrated is only triggered when the web browser is used and also required the car to be physically near to and connected to a malicious Wi-Fi hotspot. Our realistic estimate is that the risk to our customers was very low, but this did not stop us from responding quickly. We engage with the security research committee to test the security of our products so that we can fix potential vulnerabilities before they result in issues for our customers. We commend the research team behind today's demonstration and plan to reward them under our bug bounty program, which was set up to encourage this type of research. So uh, I think that's a brilliant thing that Tesla does is, hey, hackers, instead of of, uh, just going evil by default and coming at us, why don't you use those those powers for good, and we will pay you for the uh, for the job? So uh, I want to say good on Keen Lab for 
not only using their power for good, you know, they, the fact that they did this and they reported it prior to going public with anything, that is, uh, that is kudos to them. And again, good on Tesla for inviting it, for inviting this from, from uh, people and responding quickly to it. So, because the fact of the matter is, hacking, hacking Teslas and hacking cars in general, but certainly Teslas in particular, because we all know that Tesla has a bullseye on their back, fairly or not. They are the disruptor. We, you know, there's examples on almost literally every episode of the show. Every week, Tesla is targeted somehow and held to a standard that other automakers simply are not. And the fact is, this isn't going to go away, ever. This is never going to go away. When we get our Model 3s, this, is this, is, this isn't going to go away. Uh, this is never going away. So uh, Tesla has to remain vigilant, and they are, are doing that now. They're continuing to do that. So just thumbs up to all parties involved on this. This next story is for California people specifically, but I'll make it quick because, of course, the bulk of the audience is not in California, although I'm sure a number of you are. The California state electric vehicle rebate that applied to Tesla purchases, as you may recall uh, me reporting, uh, what, a couple months ago, I guess now, I think it was around June, June or July, it had been suspended because the state legislature could not get their, uh, could not get it together in time to approve it for the new fiscal year, which started, I guess, yeah, so it started July 1st, so I think that's when it was suspended. Jerry Brown, the governor of California, had expressed at the time a desire to get it Get that, get it reinstated, get it back going. And fortunately, it the, the the governor and the state legislature have done exactly that. So these twenty five hundred dollar California state rebate, it's twenty five hundred dollars on Teslas. It's a uh, fifteen hundred dollars on certain other cars, but uh, it is back in. The governor and the state legislature approved the allocation of one hundred and thirty three million dollars to continue providing rebates for the purchase of clean energy cars, including Teslas. Quote, this is from the governor uh, of California, Governor Brown, saying, California is combating climate change on all fronts, and this plan gets us the most bang for the buck. It directs hundreds of millions where it's needed most to help disadvantaged communities curb dangerous super pollutants and cut petroleum use. Now, if you've bought a Tesla uh, or other qualified car in the last few months since the rebates, uh, since the program's suspension, you probably already know you're on a wait list. Uh, and in case you haven't already heard, uh, you apparently are going to be paid in November, according to a report on PluginCars.com. And again, here too, it's great to see this because, you know, I mean, a few months in the grand scheme of things. I mean, of course, if you were sort of counting on that $2,500 back when you made a, a, you know, a car is a significant purchase, no matter how much money you're spending on it. It's, uh, it can be tough if that, that $2,500, you don't know if you're ever going to see it or when you are. So, uh, you know, a few months wait can be tough. But in the grand scheme of things, a few months isn't so bad. Uh, it's certainly better than it never coming back, which was certainly possible. And kudos again, kudos to Governor Brown for, for staying true to his word and getting this reinstated. Hopefully it will continue to remain an active part of the uh, of the California state budget plan each and every year, especially over the coming you know two years, as many of us in California look to be taking delivery of our Model Threes. Moving from the West Coast to the Midwest, Michigan back in the news with regard to Tesla. In this case, Tesla is uh, taking the fight to Michigan. They are suing. Tesla is suing Michigan Governor Rick Snyder. Attorney General Bill Shewitt and uh, the other sort of heads of state there over the right to sell vehicles directly to consumers. Quote, Tesla Motors brings this lawsuit to vindicate its rights under the United States Constitution to sell and service its critically acclaimed all-electric vehicles at Tesla-owned facilities in the state of Michigan. Uh, of course, you've, you've, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you've been following this saga. Michigan has been, of course, you know, with the big three in Michigan's backyard, you would expect a lot of resistance to Tesla. That has absolutely been the case. They were, uh, they recently had, had applied for a, 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 you know, a dealer license and were denied that because they are a manufacturer and not a dealer. 
Of course, the Dealers Association uh, also in on the in on the fun as well, trying to block Tesla there. So Tesla now suing, hoping to have uh, this state law declared unconstitutional, which the governor had signed in in 2014. Uh, Michigan Secretary of State Ruth Johnson said, quote, the license was denied because state law explicitly requires a dealer to have a bona fide contract with an auto manufacturer to sell its vehicles. Obviously, yes, as I said, Tesla is uh, looking to get this declared unconstitutional. And quite as, you know, all of us think on this podcast that, that are listening here, the audience here, we think this should be should, in fact, be declared unconstitutional because who is the state of Michigan to tell me how exactly I should have to purchase my car if I want to buy it from the manufacturer because that is my preferred way of doing so. This is America. It's a free market. We should be able to do that. Uh, So hopefully Tesla can win this because Michigan's a big state for this. Uh, for obvious reasons, you know, the big, again, the big three influence right in the, in Michigan's backyard there. So I feel like if Tesla wins this, it might mean the other dominoes, meaning other states start to fall, uh, very quickly and which, which would be a good thing. Again, I, I fully believe that it is simply a matter of when, not if Tesla is legally allowed to sell uh, its cars direct to to consumers in all 50 states. I I just think it's a matter of time. We've there have already been some dominoes that have fallen there. Uh, I I just think it's a matter of time. And and Michigan I think would be could be a catalyst for a lot of the other states that are holding out. I wanted to do now uh, an update on the uh, UK tax that I talked about. What maybe a month or so ago, three or four shows back. Richard Chapman had called in about it. He's a UK listener, and uh, I had advised him to professionally but diligently, in writing, contact his local uh, government representative and express in detailed, polite, respectful terms why uh, you did not want your elected official to, uh, to support that tax. Richard did just that. And he actually wrote back to me, wrote, a, wrote me a lovely email with an update that I wanted to share with all of you. It's, it's, you know, it's no guarantee of anything. Uh, it might mean nothing, but it's, it's just nice to see acknowledgement and you know, maybe a ball rolling forward here. So Richard actually forwarded me the letter that he, the reply that he received from Tobias Elwood, who is his parliament uh, member from Bournemouth East, I'm probably, I don't know if it's Bournemouth or Bournemouth. I'm going to go with Bournemouth. And uh, Richard, correct me if I'm wrong. But so uh, Mr. Elwood writes, Dear Richard, many thanks for your, e- for your email regarding VED. That's the, that's the name of the tax. I have contacted the, uh, uh, I'm not sure what RT, oh, ret- something, re- not retired, something honorable. H-O-N is honorable, I think, but uh, Philip Hammond, another government official, I've contacted Philip Hammond's private office today regarding the issues that you have raised. They have informed me that your letter is still being drafted before being signed by the minister. I will, of course, be in contact once I receive a response. So again, you know, this could simply be uh, a, a form response, a sort of courtesy response, and maybe it's not going to mean anything. But this is all we. This is what we can do. We can. This is how uh, we can try to affect that change wherever we are. Uh, in this case, the the call goes out to UK Tesla fans, UK listeners of this podcast. I know you guys are out there. It's not just Richard. Uh, I've looked at the stats of this. I think uh, the UK is, I believe, my the the number two. I the more listeners, uh, the second most listeners uh, in in the UK after after the US. So keep. If you other UK folks keep writing to your elected officials again, uh, respectfully, courteously, but uh, diligently, and make your voices heard. Next this week, got a couple more stories for you. Uh, this one is, of course, the release of the 8.0 software that has been outlined previously. Uh, last week, you heard uh, a lot of the Elon Musk clips from the media phone call that I was on there. Um, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Elon because actually it turned out, I don't think any other, I didn't see any other outlet that actually had the audio of it. But in any case, um, 8.0 is out, which obviously the autopilot 
improvements and changes with the radar-based autopilot. That's the, the big thing, but this, this update includes a lot, including a full cleanup and, re, and refresh of the UI, as well as the autopilot improvements. So I just wanted to just go through the release notes here and give you the highlights. So the media player, uh, which we talked about because uh, Electrek had had that information previously, it is a totally redesigned media player. And, you know, hey, if you're a Model 3 reservation holder like me, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily zone out completely at this part of the podcast. Because remember, all the improvements that are going into the software now on the S's and X's, all of that just means it's moving the goalposts forward for where 1.0 of the Model 3 software is going to be. So a, an improved media center now, you know, improved maps and navigation now, means we're going to get all that on day one of our Model 3s. I mean, God bless the, the uh, early Model S owners because they had one point, they had the original 1.0 version of the software where, you know, because the Roadster had it didn't have like a whole UI and interface. Like when the, when the Model S hit in 2012, that was where the software started from. It's, it's akin to, uh, I, had an, I had the original iPhone in uh, 2007. So if you did as well, think back to what, the, what iOS was like at the beginning. There was no app store. There was no uh, multi-tat. You couldn't have more than one program open at a time. I mean, it, it was crazy what, how, you know, when you think back on it now, I mean, that's, I think, a fair analogy to Tesla. I mean, the Model S, that 1.0 software, it's, it's just come, it's come so far. And everything that Tesla has done and continues to do now is just going to make the model, the day, the day one Model 3 experience when you take delivery of your Model 3 even better. So, um, the media player redesigned. It's a lot. It looks a lot more modern. Uh, you know, it's 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 all album art instead of just lists. Uh, the voice commands have been redone. You now just tap to use it, which is uh, a little more intuitive than you you actually used to have to hold it down like a walkie-talkie. Uh, there is uh, clear visual feedback that'll actually uh, it'll show a transcript on your instrument cluster of what it thinks you said. So you'll know if it got it or if it misinterpreted you somehow. So uh, that's cool. It's good to see the voice commands improving there. Uh, with maps and navigation, the, it, when you have maps open, it'll actually, it'll actually fade. It'll get rid of the nav bar at the top of your Model S or Model X screen. You know, those, those, those five icons uh, it'll actually fade those. You have to tap to get them back so that you've got even more map. You've got a full 17-inch diagonal screen of map if you want to. Uh, you can search for destinations with a single touch or voice command. Uh, zoom adjusts based on location to display what you need to see most. You can navigate to home or work with a single swipe on the nav. I think it's if you it's like up from home to go to work and then like down from work to, to navigate to home, which is pretty cool. Um, yes, no, wait. Yeah, I have that right. And then, uh, a, a trip planner, a clear overview of your journey before you leave with maps that zoom out to show your entire route, putting your Tesla into drive automatically starts navigation. So you don't even have to hit a button. You just throw it into drive and that navigation will start. And here's the one that I thought was really cool. Uh, because I mean, it's, it's, really more for kids, but also pet. Elon did specifically mention pets. That's why I called it. That's why I wanted to refer to it as dog mode for Model S. And it is cabin overheat protection. If you, you already probably know this, if you have a Tesla, uh, you may not if you don't have a car though. So what happens is you can run the climate systems in your Tesla when you're not in it. And it'll run for 30 minutes before shutting off. Cause it assumes, okay, you're not here anymore. It's fine. We're we're gonna we're gonna shut down and conserve power. Um, but you, but the, the people of these people now that are doing the camping thing in their Tesla, or if you have, you know, if your child is in the car, uh, or your pet, your dog is in the car, 
So there is, uh, Elon has, has uh, pushed for and gotten a new mode, which I am calling dog mode. It's, that's not its official name. But uh, Tesla writes, in an industry-first safety measure, we're also introducing cabin overheat protect focused on child and pet safety. This feature keeps the car at a safe temperature for hours, even when the car is off. This feature is only made possible by an electric vehicle with Tesla's uniquely large battery packs. So you can, you can actually uh, set, it, set it to stay on for as long as you want. Uh, the, you have full control over it now, which I think is really great. Uh, that's, just a, that's just a nice feature. Uh, it, it, you know, there's nothing bad about that. It's good, you know, cause dogs can get hot real quick, even when it's not necessarily hot outside if they're in the car. I mean, of course you should be rolling down windows and such, but it's even still with, with windows, uh, you know, cracked down a bit. It can still, everybody, I mean, it's, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. It's, you know, it's, there is definitely a danger to a, a pet being in a car for too long. So being able to keep it at 64 degrees in the car rather than, you know, if you've walked away and the car shut off and it's it's creeping up in temperature, that's obviously a much much safer scenario for your pet. Uh, finally, this week we've got a new Tesla event coming up in about a month's time, and it is a Powerwall and solar roof event that's going to be held here in the Bay Area. Elon tweets aiming for October twenty eighth unveil in the San Francisco Bay Area of new Tesla slash SolarCity solar roof with integrated Powerwall 2.0 battery and Tesla charger. So uh, I am going to see about attending this since I uh, am local. It is a, is a local event for me. Uh, and maybe I can convince the very kind Tesla PR folks to, to admit me, uh, to give me a media pass for it. And then I can try and report from you report for you from the event but i'm again i as i said when i first did the the solar roof story what was that three or four weeks ago maybe something like that i'm very intrigued by it because my home is uh just such it's a very vertical home in san francisco uh we don't we don't have a lot of roof square footage on you know on this roof space itself and so we don't have sufficient room. We don't have enough room for a sufficient number of solar panels to power the house entirely. So uh, the solar roof is of significant interest to me personally. And I think it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's obviously could be, could be a, uh, a big part of the Tesla slash solar city future. On a related note, by the way, the vote on the solar city merger with Tesla uh, it looks like it's probably going to be delayed as Tesla is currently sorting out not one, but four different lawsuits from stockholders who are opposing the merger. They claim, quote, among other things, that the members of the Tesla board breached their fiduciary duties in connection with the proposed merger, and in some cases, that SolarCity and members of the SolarCity board aided and abetted breaches of fiduciary duties and that certain individual defendants would be unjustly enriched by the proposed merger. Tesla calls the lawsuits, quote, without merit, but nevertheless, this is definitely, seemingly definitely going to gum up the works. And, uh, you know, Elon had previously said that we could look for a, uh, a resolution to the solar city merger situation in the fourth quarter that may no longer be the case. So we'll just be keeping our eye on this. Hopefully it's not going to distract Tesla. Um, that would be, I would think even the, the, uh, stockholders who are filing these suits do not want Tesla distracted. Uh, so hopefully this is going to resolve itself one way or the other fairly quietly and efficiently. Uh, we'll keep our eye on this. All right, that's it for that segment. I've got a few excellent phone calls, as we do just about each and every week, queued up in the Ride the Lightning hotline. So we'll get to those right after this quick little break. Time once again for the Ride the Lightning hotline, which, of course, you can participate in. This is your time of the show. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. It's uh, anytime, 24-7, because you're just leaving a message. 
You can do so uh, via phone or Skype, and that toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. If you've got, again, a question, comment, discussion topic, let me hear it. Try to keep it to about minute to two minutes absolute tops. And uh, it's always good to play them each and every week. And, of course, in the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode that happens once a month, that's going to be coming up next weekend. Uh, that's a lot of all the overflow calls go there, all the, the excellent calls that I just can't, don't have time to get to here on the regular weekly podcast. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, got to do the plug, remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Kicking off the Ride the Lightning hotline this week is Mike from Boston, who responds to that uh, New York Times article that I ranted about last week in regards to the Chevy Bolt. And uh, Mike thinks that they overlooked one thing in particular. So Mike, take it away. Hey, Ryan, it's Mike from Boston. I called you a while back. I love the podcast. Thanks for doing it. I understand it is a lot of work besides your other job. Um, I was calling about the Bolt article in the New York Times. I read it uh, when it first came out, since I am currently a New York Times subscriber, although I'm not sure for how much longer after a piece of journalism like that uh, period. But the one thing that they really forgot to focus on was the fact that the Bolt is just ugly. I'm sorry. Uh, if I want to drive a little econo box looking piece of junk Chevy, you know, you can, you can get lots of those, you know, countless manufacturers make those little hatchback kind of ugly functional cars, which is fine. I, I have no, I have no issue with that, but people who drive Tesla's, or people who aspire to drive Teslas like you and I, who are Model 3 uh, reservation holders, don't want an ugly car. Um, again, best of luck to Chevy. I hope they sell lots of them. And in five years, there are no more gasoline-powered cars on the road. Um, so anyway, thank you very much. I just wanted to bring up my reaction to that article, uh, which was similar to yours. And keep up the good work. I love the podcast. Look forward to it every week. Take care. Mike, thank you for the call. I will say, uh, I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I do think that uh, that's a subjective argument, you know, the, the looks of the car. I mean, personally, personally, I don't think you can call the Bolt an attractive car, but I don't necessarily find it ugly either, honestly. To me... Uh, I mean, the Leaf, to me, is is the ugliest car in the world right now. The ugliest mass production car. I, it's, it's, uh, I see them every day. Although, I think the new Prius gives the Leaf a run for its money. My goodness, the new Prius is, is hideous. Uh, again, in my humble opinion, you may own one, you may love one, you may drive one. Uh, please don't take offense. It's merely, you know, car design is a very subjective uh, thing. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people don't like the Model 3 nose. A lot of people don't like the sort of uh, mouth on the Model X and the front end on it. Uh, I, I, uh, I do not care for the new Prius or the Leaf, but uh, the Bolt to me is just kind of like wallpaper, honestly. That's how I see the Bolt as far as from a design perspective. It's just, it's there. It's inoffensive. Uh, it, it's, you know, it just is. It's, you know, in a world where Model 3 didn't exist and wasn't coming, like if Model 3 just wasn't a thing, I would probably I would probably go for a Bolt, honestly. I mean, yeah, the interstate travel would be tough on the without a supercharging network, but you know, day to day, it's you know, I would I would definitely consider one because because it's uh, you know the the Leaf, besides me not liking the looks of it, just doesn't have enough range to make me comfortable. And there, there just are. I mean, the, the the Bolt is going to be the really the only non-Tesla to be sporting a a comfortable 
driving range. Uh, again, of course, comfortable driving range, that's subjective as well. But in any case, you know, I would drive one in the absence of a Model 3. Um, I mean, I wouldn't get excited about it, and I probably wouldn't be making a podcast about the Chevy Bolt. And uh, actually, I guess if I think about it, I mean, in, if a Model 3 didn't exist, I would just buy a CPO Model S, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and you mentioned, by the way, Mike, that you're a New York Times subscriber. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call on you to, you know, you mentioned that maybe you're, you're thinking of canceling. I wouldn't call on you to, to cancel your subscription over one article necessarily. I mean, you could. It's definitely one clear way you can send a, a, the New York Times a message. That's the, I mean, that's the ultimate way is, is that's how that is the ultimate way to speak to companies is to vote with your wallet. But, um, you know, if you're still, I'm, I, I lost respect for the New York times after that piece. And they've done some other, you know, not super nice things to Tesla as well. I don't, I'm not totally anti New York times, but then again, I'm not going, I'm not picking up a subscription either. Although I wasn't before they ever started talking about Tesla anyway. But yeah, vote with your wallet. But I wouldn't necessarily, if you find value in that subscription, it wouldn't necessarily give it up over one one article by one author that you weren't a fan of. But that is, voting with your wallet does work. It's uh, maybe not for one, maybe not one person, but when enough, enough one persons do it, it does add up and it matters. Let me go now to Walter from Vancouver Island, who uh, has a clarification on what I was talking about last week in response to another caller about uh, superchargers and how there's the, the A and the B of a supercharger. So let me go to Walter here for that clarification. Walter, take it away. Hello, Ryan. It's Walter from Vancouver Island, Canada again. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on um, your statement in the last episode about supercharging. Uh, you had said that uh, the B side of a supercharger was slower than the A side of a supercharger. Uh, now, I don't have firsthand experience, but my understanding is um, that the A and B are just split. And if somebody's plugged into A, then the B side gets 50% of the charge rate from that supercharger. Um, so if no one's plugged into the A side and you plug into the B side, you should still get 100%. And the percentage, from my understanding, is based on um, the capacity of the vehicle plugged in. So if if a hundred P one hundred D parks in an A spot and uh, has 20% charge rate on board and a P100D plugs into the B spot and has 80% charge rate or uh, yeah, an 80% charge on board that the one in the A spot will get a faster charge rate because he has a larger potential difference than the one in the B spot. Um, just my understanding. Again, I don't have firsthand experience but uh, I believe it's incorrect to state that the B side is slower than the A side. Um, it's uh, based on conditions, uh, not necessarily cut and dry. Thanks. Love your podcast. Have a great week. Walter, thank you so much for that clarification, because in fact, you are totally right. Uh, I apologize for unintentionally passing along slightly incorrect information there. I, it was obviously not uh, done so on purpose uh, nor maliciously, but, uh, you are right. There isn't a distinct preset A or B side of a supercharger. It's that if someone plugs in, uh, whichever side they've plugged in on, on that supercharger becomes the A side and they have the bulk of the, of the charge, certainly until, unless, until they, they taper off. And then it can move the the rest of that uh, that current can move over the rest of that power can uh, power flow can move over to the the other side. But yeah, so thank you for that clarification. I do apologize for getting that wrong. Uh, finally, in the ride the lightning hotline this week, I want to go to Evan from Connecticut, who is excited because he just you know I mentioned spotting two Model Xs in the DMV parking lot in two minutes of each other. Uh, Evan from Connecticut has just had his first 
Model X sighting and wanted to call in and talk about it. Evan, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Uh, this is Evan from Connecticut. I called in before. You actually used my question, which is pretty sweet. Um, but I just, I don't really have a comment. I just wanted to let you know that I saw, just saw my first Model X in Connecticut, which was pretty awesome. Um, it was black. I, I was driving and I was working, so I couldn't turn around and follow it or anything, but uh, it was pretty exciting. So uh, it's pretty cool to see the Model X moving over all the way over to Connecticut. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, keep, keep up with the good work on the podcast and uh, happy electric motoring. Nice, Evan. That is nice. Thank you so much for calling in. And I'll tell you, this actually made me think about something. And that's, I probably take the fact that I see Teslas every day for granted at this point. In fact, I, I'm almost sure I do. It's not on purpose, but I think I just do. Um, so I'm curious, I mean, you don't need to call in and you don't even need to write in necessarily. It's just sort of a thinking out loud question, but I wonder how many of you out there in my audience have never seen a Model X as of yet. Cause I'll bet, I'll bet it's still a good number of you because the X is still kind of working its way out. Um, and I would, sus- I would suspect that most of you have, especially, especially if you're listening to this show, uh, and you, you have an active interest in Tesla, you, most of you have probably seen a Model S at this point, I would guess. But yeah, again, I have to remind myself that the Model X just uh, isn't necessarily widespread in, in every state yet. It is here in the Bay Area and probably in California in general, but, uh, but not, that, is, that is not extended everywhere as of yet. In fact, I wonder how many Model 3 reservation holders my fellow Model 3 reservation holders, especially in certain states where there maybe aren't a lot of Teslas, I wonder how many of you out there have a reservation but have never even seen a Tesla with your own eyes before. You've only seen it on you know, YouTube or, or the internet in some capacity. Would it, is it 10% of you? 20% of you? I, I wonder. I mean, there's no real way to find out, I guess, because it's... Uh, I guess I could take a poll on Twitter, but... Uh, anybody can vote in that and, and ruin the numbers, but, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, there were definitely, I've read plenty of incidences uh, of, or rather accounts on the Tesla Motors Club forums of both S and X owners who, especially the S owners in the earlier days who took delivery of, of their S without ever seeing one, let alone driving one. So it, I, I guess it's going to happen with plenty of, uh, you know, a decent number of Model 3 folks as well. It's, uh, and you know what? Br- kudos to all of you folks. I mean, that's the ultimate faith in something, in, the, in Elon Musk and in Tesla Motors. If you're doing that, if you've never even seen a Tesla up close and you've got your $1,000 down and ready to go uh, on your Model 3, that is, that is impressive. All right. That's it for the Ride to Lightning Hotline. Again, give me a call anytime, toll-free. Would love your questions, your discussion topics. If you want to reply, respond to anything uh, we've been talking about, the toll-free number again, 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a couple other things to mention and wrap up for you right after this. All right. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. If you are a Twitter user, you can always email me uh, if you don't want to call in or if you've got uh, any other thing you want to email me. Tesla podcast at gmail.com is the address there. Uh, Teslarati.com. I love Gene and the folks over there that do a great job of staying on top of all the Tesla news. And of course, Dave T, his weekly Tesla newsletter is invaluable to me and it probably is to you. You should sign up for it if you haven't already. It's free. Just go to Tesla weekly.com. If you're a Tesla owner or uh, just looking for some cool Tesla stuff as well, they've got that. Uh, Head on over to abstractocean.com. Again, just a lot of good feedback from people who've uh, who've patronized this site and picked up whether it's the silicon key fob pockets or the uh, Tesla, you know, the the Model X, Model S lanyards, uh, whatever it is, the LED kit. If you are an owner looking to, to, uh, you know, LED out the interior of your 
of your uh, Tesla or the the exterior with the you know the bumper, the license plate frame lights. You can get all that stuff at abstractocean.com. A lot of cool Tesla accessories and such over there. A reminder that uh, just big thanks to abstractocean.com. They've actually offered up. They're they're a fan of the podcast. Uh, they've offered up a coupon code just for you podcast listeners. So uh, if you're shopping at abstractocean.com, use the coupon code RTL Podcast, which of course is for, for Ride the Lightning. RTL Podcast. Put that code in at checkout and you'll get 20% off of your order. That is fantastic. Thank you to the folks at abstractocean.com for that. I want to also thank Kevin Raff, who uh, he is a the kind donor of the referral code that's running for another about three weeks or so. If you're, if you're going to buy a Tesla, get yourself $1,000 off by putting this code into your web browser and then order and configure your car. It's ts.la slash Kevin4901. That's ts.la slash Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, 49 zero one and get a thousand dollars off of your tesla kevin is getting some prizes the more for, with the more referrals we're able to get for him and for his uh, which is for his generosity and because his generosity is donating his chances to win the uh, model x in the referral drawing that'll be coming up the raffle uh that he has offered that up to help maybe make my tesla dream come true if in fact that raffle ticket hits so uh everybody wins hopefully and the Patreon, yes, if you enjoy the podcast, I uh, would love it if you'd at least take a look at the Patreon page, maybe consider a pledge if, uh, if you, get, you get a lot out of the show each and every week. Please go to patreon.com slash Podcast to take a look at that. And I think that about wraps it up. Most of you probably already subscribe to the show rather than just download it manually week by week. Uh, but if you are doing that and you would rather subscribe because then it'll just be delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe pretty much anywhere. Uh, it's iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or on the podcast uh, hosting the site itself, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Dot com. And before I go, I want to thank my Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that are pledging $20 or more per, uh, per month. Pardon me. Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, Jonathan Wales, and John Waltauer. Uh, and that does it for me. Happy electric motoring, folks. I will be back next week. Same time, same place. You know where to find me. Whichever service uh, you prefer to get it, it'll be there every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. That is the time, or earlier, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get it like the day before, usually, whenever I finish editing and uh, recording the show. So see you guys next week. Thanks, as always.